amazing how God put these things together. And what it is, it's a fun This break is to remind you that we also make videos. Our newest segment called Creation Clues will help you see God through his creation all around us. The segment's primary focus is on the crossroad between science, faith, and the Bible. You can catch up on the first few episodes at evidenceforfaith.org. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org. Or check the links in the description. Hi, welcome to Evidence for Faith. It's your host, Michael Lane, wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. This lesson is just about Thanksgiving. We're at the Thanksgiving time of year, and we wanted to put out a little Thanksgiving lesson for you. And so let's talk about Thanksgiving for a little bit, because, you know, Thanksgiving is a time of year that some people absolutely love and adore. Families will get together with friends. They'll, they'll have a fellowship meal, usually a big meal. Then they play games. Some families will tell stories of old. Uh, they speak of dreams that they've had. People will talk about plans that they have to go shopping the next day to make the, the purchases for Christmas on, on Black Friday and, and making um, purchases for gifts for loved ones. Ah, think about the smells. For a, of the American Thanksgiving, this is a time with, with the smell and the taste of food, which is a high point. A high point for this holiday, but it lasts such a short time. It's just a one-day holiday. There's the golden turkey, the beautifully decorated platter. There's various casseroles that we have. Oh my gosh, bubbling, bubbling with their cooked delights inside the little pots. Mashed potatoes and gravy is standing by, ready to be heaped up on the plate. Oh, and then there's ample delicious absolutely piping hot rolls just waiting to be smeared with sweet butter. After the main course is consumed, while everyone is now pretty much overfed, and their mouths though are less full and, and allowing a little bit more speaking to take place, dessert gets served. So out comes the pumpkin pies, uh, the, the other type of fruit pies, the other, the other type of, of sweet desserts, many of them with fruits, uh, pies, apples, cherry pies, um, numerous toppings and things that we put upon these with delicious fillings on the inside. But now the pace begins to slow down. People begin to converse during this dessert time. And they're taking some time out maybe talking about, well, the football game that's about to take place. I mean, numerous topics are going to be brought up. Older members, again, will start to embellish the people with with stories of their past. There might be someone there sitting at the table who, um, with a spoon, who will tap the table and say, wait a minute, let's, let's all do this. Let's all take turns, every single person, and explain something that you are thankful for. This is often met with a silence while some others start, begin to start searching for some beautiful ideas that, of things that have happened in the past, while others, well, they're very annoyed with such a task that now they have to do. And they find annoyance in this, trying not just in trying to come up with something on their own, but to listen to other people sitting around the table, um, regaling their recollections of the past year. Some don't like that. To me personally, and that might be a little, a little odd to most people, <laughs> I hear that often anyway, I love to listen to my, to my family and friends when, and when they're talking about what they're they're thankful for. 
And I love that they do this in the presence of others. Sometimes it's a remark of gratitude to a person who's at the table. But often what I hear in my family is family members talking about something that they're very grateful to God for. Indeed, grateful to God for certain events that have happened in their lives or incidences that have occurred over the last year. And I especially love to hear them give God thanks for this. It warms my heart, but you know if it warms my heart, how much more it must warm God's heart. After all, we're all created to give thanks to God. We see this in numerous passages, both in the Old and the New Covenant. No matter what befalls us, we're supposed to give thanks to God. For instance, in the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote in chapter 5, verse 20. I'm going to read this out of the Berean Study Bible. It reads, Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul is saying not just to give thanks when good things are happening. We're supposed to give thanks in all situations, is what he is saying. But you know, there are others that do not have this Thanksgiving story to experience that I've just described. Their lives are not filled with joy at this time of year. They detest, actually, some members of their family. And now they are um, required to spend some time together with them, to have a meal with them in a small room. People who generally don't even speak to each other throughout the entire year are now all crammed together in a small room sitting opposite each other for an extended period of time. And I know this happens because when I taught in the public high school, I had students in my class that expressed to me this exact scenario. And they were dreading Thanksgiving at their house. Some told me about their, when we came back after the Thanksgiving break and told me when I would ask questions about it, they would tell me what took place with disgusted annoyance at their house, while others actually broke down in tears talking to me and explaining what their Thanksgiving was like. You know, there's another group that hardly even notices this holiday. You know who they are? People in nursing homes or assisted living. What are they doing? They're hoping to see their loved ones on this day. Now, the facility makes a traditional meal for them, turkey meal with stuffing and stuff. But to many, they will not see their loved ones because it is such an inconvenience for the loved ones to come, even for a few moments and spend some time with them for a short visit. Some of these elderly people will sit and stare out the window, waiting and hoping to see the car drive up with their family members. In the waiting, they'll recall possibly in their minds past holidays where they too sat around a table in a joyful time, even helping prepare the meal and all the busyness of it. But how they must crave to see their loved ones again. Please come and visit me. Yet there are others that find this holiday really hard to endure. You see, they can't afford to spend the money to have the big meal that they see on television. Every time they turn it on, there's commercials and everything. They can't afford that kind of meal for their family and their kids. If they have transportation, some well-meaning groups and great groups in towns and stuff 
will actually invite them to go to a town hall meeting where they can sit down and have a delicious turkey dinner. They stand in line and it's scooped up on trays and they take it back and they can sit as a group or as a family and they can have this dinner. But sometimes this is very embarrassing for them, for the parents in particular. They don't know anybody there. The kids don't know anybody there. But even so, parents try to make their kids happy, even in this situation. Having a warm meal to eat, and they tell them, hey, we should be thankful for this. I know this is true, because again, because I taught in the public school system, I had students like that. Yet another group of people that find Thanksgiving hard to bear are people who have lost a loved one that they shared this holiday together with for so long. Now the chair where they, their loved one sat is empty. It's not occupied. The loneliness this holiday creates is really hard on them because the, the holiday creates and brings up memories that they so long to be able to repeat with the person who's now missing but they can't due to the loss. Yes, Thanksgiving can be a blessed holiday. It can be a wonderful time, a day that a lot of people will remember for years and years and years in their life, a joyful time. Yet for others, the day almost becomes like a curse. Those who view it that way are generally not thankful, but resentful. Instead of gratitude and appreciation, they feel more hatred animosity, or loneliness. This break is brought to you by the Marine Biology Trip, an Evidence for Faith adventure in Science and the Bible in the Florida Keys for ages 14 and up. Here's what a past student had to say. Well, I have definitely grown in my knowledge on marine biology. I came here and I knew nothing and I finished through this and I feel like I learned a lot. And I also feel like I grew a lot in my faith and spiritually because it has taught me how the Bible works. It's something that you'll never get somewhere else. Here is a place that I have felt very at home. The group is very inclusive and some of the, all the people you meet here are going to be lifelong friends. Find out more about this adventure by clicking the link in the description or go to evidenceforfaith.org slash marinebiology. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash marinebiology. If anyone had a reason to be unthankful, it would have been the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. If you ever sat down and just studied his life, starting like in the book of Acts and going through even some of his writings, what he endured. Acts alone shows a lot of, his, uh, a lot of years of his life and what ha happened to him being terrible. You see, when he was young, he was an up-and-coming Pharisee. He was getting the best education possible, an extremely high education, and the best available anywhere in the Roman Empire. This guy had that type of an upbringing. Matter of fact, we read about this in Acts chapter 22, verse 2, where it's describing, where Paul is actually describing who he is. And he says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Sicilia, but was brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers. He goes on to talk about that he's a Pharisee, 
I mean, these people were very, very well educated. And Gamaliel was one of the best, you know, one of the highest uh, professors, if you will, of, the, of that day. And he sat at his feet, meaning he was one of his pupils. Do you realize Paul spoke many different languages? We see that also in the book of Acts. This guy was highly intelligent. He was known all over for being so educated. I mean, this guy would have had, if you're interested in degrees, you know, letters after your name, this guy would have had a pile of them. We read about that in Acts chapter 26, verse 24, when Paul is in prison and he's making a defense in front of the governor and stuff. This is what it reads. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Great learning. This guy is extremely educated. He was well-read. If you study some of the things that he writes, he pulls out other literature and he talks about it. This person is well-educated. But you know, when all this is, a lot of this is going on, Paul is a prisoner. He was a prisoner <laughs> on many occasions. He was put in prison numerous times. His life was threatened by those who wanted to kill him. Just give you one example, Acts chapter 9. Verses 23 through 25, we read out of the English Standard Version. It reads, And when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But in their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night, let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Yes, he was threatened. His life was in danger numerous times. He was almost stoned to death when he went to uh, Lystra. As a matter of fact, he was left for dead. Again, we read this in Acts 14, verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch, Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. They thought they killed the guy. They go back inside to celebrate. And Paul gets up and walks back into the city. He was illegally be beaten. He was illegally imprisoned. Paul was a Roman citizen. He was born this way. He had certain rights that many other people didn't have. But in Acts chapter 16, verses 19 through 24, we read about, again, Paul and his friend Silas being mistreated. Let's take a look at this. They seized Paul and Silas, and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them into the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in, attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave orders to have them beaten with rods. And they had inflicted many blows upon them. They threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Hmm. You wouldn't think there's much to be thankful for for that, being beaten like that. I mean, look what, though, happens. Look what goes on with Paul. Remember now, Paul has been beaten, put in jail. This is all illegal. He's suffering from wounds that he had just received. And it says in Acts 16, going down to verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. 
Wow. They weren't resentful for God, for God told them to go on a missionary journey. They're not resentful. Even in, in the ad adversity that they had, with the pain that they had, with the swollen lips, the bruises on their bodies and on their face, Paul praises God. And in doing so, because he is a Pharisee following a lot of what his tradition brought up, not just praising, he's no doubt giving thanks to God because he talks about this frequently. Later, he's beaten again. He's in prison many times. He, the guy is shipwrecked. He's bitten by a venomous snake. He's placed in prison for years. In some cases, all of his friends desert him. Yet this man still gave thanks to God and praise God through all of his trials, through being sick. Yes, there's a recording of him being sick. That was in Galatians 4.13. Of him suffering in pain, suffering loneliness. And while this is all going on, he pens a letter on some parchment to his followers while he's actually sitting in this dark prison. Doesn't seem like this is a place where you want to sit and give thanks to God. But in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, starting at verse 4 and going through verse 7, I'm going to read this out of the Berean Study Bible. We read Paul's mindset in spite of all this. He says, get this now, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be apparent to all. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Wow. I mean, just picture where he's at, what he has experienced as he's sitting in prison and writing that. Now, I don't know what your situation is in life. No, I don't know. I don't know which of the scenarios that I mentioned before about Thanksgiving you're going to have this year. Uh, I, I have no idea. Maybe you've had a blessed year full of, of health and wealth. Maybe you've had a year of loss of a close family member or a friend. Maybe you've had a year of ill health. Maybe you've had a year of financial ruin or some other terrible thing that has happened to you. I don't know. It could be a lot of things, could be combinations of these. But I tell you this, my friend, take a look at what Paul's life was like. See the hardships that he endured. Imagine the pain, the suffering. I mean, he was beaten to the point of death. All illegal too. Separated from his friends. Even at the end of his life, he's sort of uh, it writes to second, uh, in 2 Timothy that basically everyone has deserted him. He feels lonely. Yet, in spite of all this, this is a guy who prays God. Paul's saying praises to God in spite of his ill treatment. So this Thanksgiving, why don't you try and find a way to give thanks to God? Because if you examine your situation carefully, you're going to find some reason to praise God. Paul did. You might see storm clouds forming on the horizon that you're about to go into. But remember this, Jesus calmed the seas. When did he do it? Not before the boat with the disciples went into the storm, which he could have done. 
He did it during the storm when it was already raining. That's when he calmed the sea. Jesus sometimes has us go through situations like this. But my friend, bless the Lord. Give thanks. So I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. We appreciate it so much. So until we meet again, take care and may God bless and have a great Thanksgiving. Support the show. Become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. This break is brought to you by the Marine Biology Trip, an evidence for faith adventure in science and the Bible in the Florida Keys for ages 14 and up. Here's what a past student had to say. And it's an educational hands-on experience that you will never forget. <laughs> it's gonna stick with you. And you learn things that you probably wouldn't have learned in normal school. It's not what I expected to come here, but it exceeded my expectations of what it would be like. Cause I thought it would just be like, okay, we do some homework, we snorkel, bam, done. You know, we see some fish. But like we got to see some really cool stuff and I've formed a lot of cool friendships that I probably never would have without the trip. Find out more about this adventure by clicking the link in the description or go to evidenceforfaith.org slash marinebiology. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash marinebiology. It's amazing how God put these things together. And what it is, it's a fun This break is to remind you that we also make videos. Our newest segment called Creation Clues will help you see God through his creation all around us. The segment's primary focus is on the crossroad between science, faith, and the Bible. You can catch up on the first few episodes at evidenceforfaith.org. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org. Or check the links in the description.